Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. And uh, Brendan, I'm just going to go ahead and say the day has come. Uh, this episode's going to be all about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to kid around because like, I feel like we owe about 33% of our show to this game and like to the news around this game. Like, So really many like episodes of this show have just been completely front-loaded by the Pokemon Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, the Twitter account will be like, you know, Farfetch lays eggs through its beak. And we're like, what? <laughs> then like we had two episodes about it. Squirtle has a face underneath his shell on his stomach and that's how he eats. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Squirtle turns around and the shell faces you. Your scar burns. Yeah. <laughs> so like... I just, you know, I want to give credit where credit's due uh, that, like, we really owe our show to this, <laughs> to this game. <laughs> and it's out. You called it last week where you're like, Steven and I, but, like, more so Steven, are going to play, like, a Fire Emblem Three Houses of Mount right when it comes out. Yeah. And, yeah, dude, I'm five gyms in. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, um, it was wild. It. I texted you yesterday because I had played it for about maybe an hour yesterday when I, when I yeah. texted you and I was just like, I already know exactly what I think about this game. Like I am yeah. so rock solid in my stance on this game already. Yeah. Um, but since then somehow also magically I have played about seven hours and I've only beaten one gym and I'll talk about why it took me that long. Um, yeah. This is a similar experience yeah. to where I was like, I've uh, done eight runs of my Lorenz only three houses run. <laughs> uh, and you're like i've just been chilling and shopping yep. yeah it came out at midnight i really wanted to play in time because we have like we have a lot of uh highly anticipated episodes this season i'll just say it we got this death stranding and uh, started valley or bonus episode coming out this month so yeah. like i wanted to get in as much time as possible before we recorded yeah um, i imagine we will revisit this game by the way like i yes I yes i think absolutely so. foresee this showing up again later yeah i mean we owe our show to it we're gonna it's gonna be like a weird like sunday we talk about sword and shield <laughs> <laughs> a cult if you will yeah anyway so uh it came out at midnight i played like an hour or so and i, I just like i i actually have to like go to sleep like i can't play any more of this it's yeah. like the good or evil path is choosing to play more and like sacrifice like my job friends and social life or <laughs> go to sleep so i went to sleep but friday thankfully uh my very close friends city and eric hello if you're listening we basically like blocked off friday to hang out together and play this together that's so good um and i'll get into that because there's actually some really cool like local experiences that you can have with playing this game with friends it feels cool. like they have highly anticipated people doing exactly what we did um and we just had the best time but like we also were like creepily silent like we usually can't shut up but this time we were just like oh someone changed but i won't show you because i don't want to spoil <laughs> um good i don't know where the witch is in macbeth but here we are anyway yeah. so that was where the bulk of the playing happened and then obviously the weekend i pretty much had blocked off so mm -hmm. that's why i'm five gyms in and i'm having the best time before we get into specifics again this will be the whole episode i think right unless you want to talk about steep or something <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to talk about uh, my wish list for Steep 2 if it ever gets announced. Um, I was thinking that could be the second half of the episode, or maybe the, yeah. the, the, the latter two segments of this episode could be Steep right. 2 wish list, and the first segment will be Pokemon Sword and Shield. But just really quickly, and 
honestly, like I at least debated even bringing this up, but you and I talked about it, and we're gonna briefly address <laughs> the controversy around this game. We've usually uh-huh. steered clear of it, and I think anyone who has even overheard our show knows where we stand regarding it. For those not familiar, essentially, in short, this is the first Pokemon game that doesn't include what's called the National Dex, which is every Pokemon ever created at this point over a thousand. In past games, you had the ability to like in end game content to catch literally everyone or at least upload Pokemon from past games to that game. Usually the latter. Uh, I think that there are some recent games where like also not everyone is in it because holy shit, they're over a thousand. And, like, <laughs> yeah. A lot of them are like Bidoof and his cousins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like if it's like an eighth squirrels, you can make some cuts. Anyway, uh, people were really upset about that. And honestly, that just snowballed into like a very loud group of fans who have since been projecting all their anger onto this game and finding any excuse to like rip it apart and rip Game Freak apart and it's just really gross to watch honestly. Um, I think there's a huge difference between like being critical of a game and critical of like its development and like just borderline wrath. Um, yeah and harassment absolutely. and you know like look if, if you don't want to play this game no one's making you game freak is not pretending to be the irs calling you and asking for money like that's <laughs> it exists all that has happened is that a group of people have worked hard to make something for you to enjoy and if you don't want it then don't fucking buy it like seriously <laughs> you know yeah absolutely. and i can safely say i will say this i'm gonna i'm gonna at least be fair and objective. Um, I think that part of the hype for this game in particular is that it's the first Pokemon game on a main console. Yeah, um, the first has- quote-unquote like main lion entry Pokemon game because sure, I, I was gonna bring this up, but like the exact same like hate campaign happened around Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee as right. well. Like this is yeah. just it, this is just a copy paste of that. Um, I think there is like a a kind of doubled effect because Game Freak said this is your like hardcore Pokemon entry yeah Um, for sure um Yes. So in addition to that, as you and I have often discussed, a lot of the first party Switch games have been the like definitive giant leap for the series that has set a new foundation. So Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild, obviously. Three Houses, I would argue. Mario Odyssey. Honestly, even Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which I know is a port, like every first party Nintendo game feels like the future of that series. They're like really bold steps being taken that like kind of reinvent the wheel and just unforeseeable ways. I don't think anyone expected Breath of the Wild to take the risks it did and to like learn every lesson both from its respective series and like games in general. That's not something (laughs) anyone could have foreseen. So I think that if you're expecting Sword and Shield to be that giant leap for Pokemon, it's not. I do think it is the like one of the most polished and like uh, most enjoyable Pokemon games in the series. I've played all of them and I've also played this game. So mm-hmm. for people who are writing it off who haven't fucking played any of them, just stop. <laughs> um, I'm being rude, but it's like, it's just bizarre to me that that's happening. Anyway, I think that the big step for this series, I felt more in X and Y in terms of setting a new foundation. Uh, Sword and Shield is very much in the peripheral of X and Y and Sun and Moon. Yeah. Um, which is weird to me. For anyone who's played it, it feels very much like a big sequel to that like pantheon of games. It feels like it's the yeah. building upon the pillar set that X and Y like put up. Um, and I do think that Pokemon is a series you can rightfully criticize for like not 
changing things up a lot. I mean, we've talked about that a lot. We're like around Diamond and Pearl, Black and White 2, you really started to feel the rinse, wash, repeat of the formula. Mm -hmm. And I'll get more into that um, because I would love to explore like what a good sequel entails. What did people like actually expect? And like, what's the value of actually not veering too far from it? Because at the end of the day, what I've realized playing the amount of Sword of Shield as I have, there's a lot of new stuff which we'll get into, which I think is like honestly a big step for the series. So I don't want to downplay the fact that this is a big sequel. It's just not like going to change everything like Breath of the Wild was. So I just wanted to set expectations there. But I do think... And and I it's interesting that I'm feeling this way because we've talked about uh, Dragon Quest being like a series where they really don't change up much, but people still love it. And it's like returning to this world. And I think honestly with Pokemon, as much as people have these big ideas of like changing up the formula and making it like, you know, you're controlling the Pokemon and it's like a Monster Hunter thing. Like that's all cool. I would love to see as much innovation as they want to do. But I think for most people, there's a ton of value in returning to a familiar world to, you know, go back to this world that you feel like you know that has a nice balance of like nostalgia and like familiar beats as well as being an entirely new setting with new mechanics and i think this game is a really good balance of the two there's still the bizarre formula of leaving home becoming a good friend and fighting a version of the mafia so that will be there right um (laughs) you know as every pokemon is and that's the thing too that i just quickly want to address in terms of people being negative and again truthfully if you if something about this game it rubs you the wrong way or you don't want to get it, that's fine. You have the right to that opinion. But taking it any further than that is just kind of strange. Yeah, when it, when like, it becomes like the... an organized hate campaign a la Gamergate <laughs> or um, any election Seriously. in the United States, like that's when it gets like really you gotta up. You got grow up, like for yeah. real. I have a painting of a dog wearing a suit of armor in my house and I'm telling you to grow up. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my uh, main like overarching take on that whole thing is pretty much like I can understand on a certain level being critical of a thing and and the weight of expectation that comes with the the first quote-unquote mainline console Pokemon game. Of course. Definitely, like, there's a lot riding on that. I agree with you that I think this game is more of a culmination of everything that's come before instead of, like, a step forward, which, like, it was kind of like when Horizon Zero Dawn came out and was like, wow, this is actually the perfect version of this kind of game, and then immediately Breath of the Wild came out and was like, (laughs) oh, wait, no, that's the future. Um, Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, still an incredible game, but now everyone is modeling that that style of game after Breath of the Wild, um, as we've seen with, like, a Death Stranding and things like that. Um, Sure. Pokemon, to me, or Sword and Shield specifically, feels like the culmination of every other game that's come before it it feels like kind yeah, of the, the perfect version to me so far um of of what we've seen in the x and y sun and moon kind of like era of pokemon games that said though and and it's a very similar thing i said with with let's go pikachu and eevee is like if you're if your blind hatred for a game that you haven't played prevents you from seeing any good in a thing or even being willing to try it or saying there's n- there's nothing here that's redeemable and and i'd like to pick up part like fucking barbacoa every every ounce of this game and talk about why i hate it then that's that's fucked because there's like i i don't want to lean too far into like a political fucking spin on this but i find the two like the the online hate campaign and and the way politics work in the world now to be intrinsically linked personally um but this to me feels like 
the the kind of the kinds of people who will go online and get very upset about um, free speech and and bubbles on social networks being completely closed minded and not being willing to hear another side or try a thing. Um, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is a game that I did not really think I was going to enjoy very much, but I was interested in trying it out and found it to be fucking delightful. I thought that that game was incredible. The Pokemon Go mechanics being added into that game were way more fun than they had any right to be. Uh, yes. It was a it was a beautiful beautiful game that was so much fun and I really 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 enjoyed it. Um, similarly, Pokemon Sword and Shield, I also was coming in with those expectations, those very lofty expectations of like, what is is this going to be that step forward? Um, you know, all of the controversy leading up to it kind of like lowered that expectation a little bit for me. Uh, but I still went in saying, show me something meaningful. Show me that you yeah. are actually interrogating your own game design and like trying to come up with a path forward. Um, and I think that they've accomplished that. Personally. And the irony, too, is like a lot of the people that are the most upset about it are like, you know, quote unquote, hardcore fans that might play competitively. The bizarre thing is that there are so many directly announced in-game mechanics that make competitive play more viable like yes. the fact that they have built in a way to like this is like really in the weeds but i know what this stuff is but like ev training and checking ivs yeah. and changing the personality of pokemon that does affect their stats using mints which like i will get into that because boy do i love that <laughs> um with fresher breath will make you no longer lonely like okay great, great this is good um <laughs> Don't worry, I'm keeping my Corviknight lonely because it boosts attack. And, like, I don't play competitively, but, like, I had friends in high school who did, so I know, like, what goes into that. And in the past, people literally, like, hacked their DS to, like, be able to do this stuff. Yeah. So the fact that Game Freak is, like, looking at that and being like, okay, we're going to make, like, a quality of life improvement. So, like, give that percentage of players the option to do that, like, less tediously Mm -hmm. should be celebrated. Uh, Someone in the Discord brought up a great point, too, in terms of the the national decks um, and, like, limiting the roster okay and i will say this it's totally fine to be disappointed that some pokemon didn't make the cut when i saw gengar wasn't in it i was upset for a little bit but like is gengar not in it he's not in it really because haunter's in it oh is he yeah i just ran into never mind there's nothing to complain about uh but what i mean (laughs) is like you know there are some cuts and like when i saw the cuts i was like oh okay star he's not in it and that was where it ended that's where the negative thought ended and it's like i always go into these games more excited to see the new Pokemon and the effort they've put into the new designs and Mm -hmm. the redesigns like for me far overshadows people not making it in and I think there seems to be intention with making Let's Go the game that preceded this because guess who's in that game? Everyone! Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, You know and uh, or at least in the first generation Um, so like uh, someone in the Discord brought up a great point uh, comparing this to Magic Cards Magic the Gathering where Mm, um, Magic's been around since the 80s uh they are constantly making new cards it would be impossible for them to like actually balance the game if they kept every card in rotation so there's something called standard play where every i would say one or two years i'm not super familiar with magic i had a brief uh i played when i was 11 and briefly in college which i might talk about during the break since i have a funny story but okay um sure uh it just hit me, but it's like too off. Ta- Even for me, it's too much of a tangent to bring up right now. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but they do that. I mean, they do that once so you keep buying cards, which is like, okay, but they also do it to keep the game balanced. Um, and there are cards that have been around since the eighties that are like still in standard play that will get like new artwork and stuff. Yeah. So the fact that they're doing that with this game 
you know, to a make the roster more balanced, to put more attention into everyone versus having like 300 different squirrels, mm-hmm. um, I think is a good thing. And and having played the game and seeing the effort that has been put into it, like I'm, I, I don't like it is if you didn't know that they made the cuts they did and you just played this game, you would not think like, wow, there's really a lack of variety here. Like I am constantly yeah. switching out my team. And for context, there are over 400 Pokemon in this game. So like it's not like they reduced the roster to like a noticeable amount where you just have Bidoof. Yeah, you know, it's still like, about three times the roster of Red and Blue. Right, right. So Which it just in that era was a daunting amount of Pokemon to, the, yeah. to try and catch. Yeah. I have I think there's more merit for criticisms of people being like, I really wish they changed up the formula more than like critiquing the amount of uh, the available Pokemon. Like I think that it's just such a non-issue having played it and having played every game in the series. Like yeah. again, I am pretty familiar with this as as everyone knows. You and I have played I haven't played Black and White 2 and I haven't played the remake of uh Ruby Sapphire, but like I've oh. experienced any every generation as they've come out mm-hmm. and like there have been periods where there have been bigger lulls than this one. This is not a lull in any way. I think X and Y really rejuvenated the series, and I think they've been building on top of it since then. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say, as far as the National Dex goes, I personally found myself a little bit disappointed by it. I would like some way to be able to have everything eventually. Um, was how I was thinking about it going in, but still like completely willing to just like play the game and see, you know, what what kind of intention was behind that cut, and and you know. Did they did they double down on designs for this generation and interactivity with your Pokemon in this generation and things like that? So I was like, there there are ways to balance this out where I'm going to feel okay about it. And what I found, honestly, having played it now, any inkling of of a desire to have the rest of the Pokemon in this game has actually gone out the window for me now because full context. I think I've told this story on the show before, but if I haven't, I'll just do like a really quick version. Um, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl were the only games where I quote unquote caught them all. I was like, it is time. I'm going to do this. And what that entailed in those games, because the DS was built or at least the original DS was built in such a way where you had the DS cartridge and then you had a Game Boy Advance slot under it. So you could have both uh, both consoles games in one system at the same time to catch them all in Diamond and Pearl. What you needed to do was catch all of them in red and blue, trade them up into gold and silver, catch everything in gold and silver, trade those up into ruby and sapphire, take the ruby sapphire cartridge, put it in the bottom of your DS and then transfer all of those back into Diamond and Pearl. And I did that and it took me like a year, year and a half. Like it took a really, (laughs) really long time. When the roster was 400, which it is in uh, Sword and Shield. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I played through the entire lineage of Pokemon games to trade them all into Diamond and Pearl. And I thought, if you're going to continue to add 100 Pokemon, 150 Pokemon in every generation, this might be the last time where this is like a feasible thing for me to do, which is why I decided to do it then. Playing Sword and Shield now, knowing that it's around the same number, I'm actually feeling a strong compulsion to go back and catch all of them again. Like I want to do it in this game and I think it's feasible and I think I could. Um, And that is one of the many reasons why it's taken me a very long time to get to the first gym in this game already (laughs) is because I have caught every single Pokemon I've seen. Wow. Every single one. I'm like that fucker's going in my Pokemon box. Um, (laughs) You have tainted my whole brain because now I have to name all of them, which takes (laughs) makes everything take twice as long. Also, I used to not do and now I do. 
you. Amazingly, in the Poke Center, there's someone who lets you change the nickname of all Always. your Pokemon. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, which is just the best. I, they like knew what I was going to do, and they gave me the option. It's so um, good, yeah. So I, yeah. I am like feeling actually now wonderful about not having the full national decks in there because yeah. it just means that this thing that has always been out of my reach since Simon and Pearl came out is now something that is attainable again. Um, and it's given me that like kind of childlike wonder. Um, one of many things that's given me the childlike wonder of the original games again. We can talk about um, story reasons and things why yeah, I think this yeah. game really captures what Red and Blue did for the first time since Red and Blue. To me, we'll get into I it. I agree. I agree. Um so just to put a just to put a ribbon on that whole conversation, I think like it is completely fine to have whatever opinion about this game you want. Don't fucking harass people. <laughs> and yep. uh, the other thing too is like I think it's a, honestly like being upset that the national decks isn't in it is to be completely objective like a fair critique. Like we've gone into detail of like why it doesn't get in the way of the game at all. But to be upset about certain Pokemon not making in, like I understand that. Like what if it when it stops there, I understand that. But that has become the like launching pad of like finding any reason to rip this game apart, including and my favorite thing I've seen is in that list you sent me where they're like, here's why like Game Freak is actually the devil and like this is why the game sucks and you shouldn't buy it. Yeah. Um, is that the story isn't good this time. And I, I like literally was like, <laughs> have you played a Pokemon game? <laughs> Please tell me the like Sam Shepard redefining narrative of, of uh, Ruby Sapphire. Where there <laughs> pirates that wanted to get rid of the land. Like every game story is like, I mean, I love it. I live for it. It's like Tommy was so levels of insanity that like things like you walk into someone's house and they're staring at the wall and they let, give you something that lets you dig tunnels. Or like, <laughs> I would just talk to someone in like a like a fantasy village with glowing mushrooms where they're like, I really want to be a Pokemon. And like, that's just there. Like, I love that. I love the, the Lynchian non sequiturs in the NPCs of the village. But like, Me too. this game yeah. has never had a good story. And if anything... Credit credits to you. People always point to black and white, and that is the game that explored the morality of like Pokemon battles as like an idea. Like, yeah. The villains were like PETA, but like again, it's the same shit in that game. It's like you have friends. There's a mob. There's the mob, and then you fight a cosmic threat right before you fight the Elite Four. Like that's the story. It's never not been that. Yeah. I can't believe they're like the, the story isn't compelling this time. Like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Um. Okay. That is. I just had to get that out because I was like, have we been seeing the same thing? Yeah. You know? No, I, um, yeah, there, for context, there was like this huge list that went, that I saw like trending on Twitter that I sent to Steven and AJ at one point. Um, that was just like, here's everything that's wrong with these games. And the first one is like, the Pokemon have been removed. It's like, okay, that's a, that's a thought that you can have and you can express that. But then yeah, it gets down sure. to like, some of the music like, is unharmonic. Like, All right. Yeah. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the five, four melodies are off putting yeah, and the berry yeah. textures yeah, okay. aren't exactly what it's like, dude, come We can't, on, we, man. we can't give these people anymore. What? I think we, we need to move on but just do yes. anything else do anything else please help the world needs your help use your energy on anything else yeah <laughs> calling yeah I'm gonna stop we're yeah. gonna stop yes uh, but that's it we just wanted to cover that now we can talk about the game which we obviously are enjoying yes um I am having the best time um i love this game uh like i said i think it's it's not even though it has that sense of wonder that i think red and blue had that sense of adventure it's not as big of a step as x and y was x and y was the first game in recent memory in this series that i'm like oh my god they finally like took advantage of the hardware 
because like for context uh, x and y was the first game that had 3d like animations of all the pokemon long after the technology had been available like yeah it took them until 2011 to have animated sprites Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) usually it's stiff like jpegs of pokemon and x and y added a lot of other things that like you know it it was just like a breath of fresh air yeah because that was following black and white too which was like really when people were like okay like how much longer can we keep doing this yeah i just for context i did not find black and white or black and white too compelling at all i I didn't finish either of them i started both didn't finish either i like black and white a lot for the setting and for a lot of the pokemon they added uh as well as i love a lot of the pokemon in this game yeah there's also some cool things where like just some design choices like that was the game that made tms reusable Mm -hmm. and like the setting was new york city so like that that, i it had some fun things going on trash everywhere right literal trash pokemon like pigeons uh but um but yeah like it was by all means getting stale at that point yeah um, which is kind of interesting how now that's the game a lot of people point to as like having the best story and and you know arguably being the best one um which like i think objectively if you're going to look at like the sort of pre x and y games like that is probably the best game in that like roster mm. um i think in terms of what they did for the series though like silver and gold is still number one for me that is like the definition of a good video game sequel and i think like it's still like like, the sprites are still beautiful. Like, it's such a good game. Um, and, like, I think still my favorite Pokemon game overall. Um, yeah, mine too. But, yeah, so Sword and Shield, I think what we talked about with the setting, uh, it, it really does, like feel like an exciting place that's something that x and y really focused on like making the world feel like a new region so like that was all inspired by like both paris and sort of the countryside of france Mm -hmm. and like so uh sun and moon was all about uh it was very hawaiian inspired so there are different islands and and it's interesting because sun and moon was the game that really tried to break away from the formula i think the most um they got rid of gym battles there were like island trials yep there were a lot of features in sun and moon that like are arguably more like uh ambitious than some some of the stuff in sun and moon with some exceptions which we'll get into uh but i think like uh, some lessons learned from sun and moon was like reel it back in a bit like give the people what they want in some areas and then go out there in other ways um which i think this game has done brilliantly i will say the thing that this game does that is so effective and that's why uh when you were playing i wanted you to play the first gym battle mm-hmm. uh we've we've had a lot of fun talking about dynamaxing holy shit does that stuff pay off i yeah. love the the for the first time ever in a pokemon game i feel the scale of a gym battle yeah um totally i feel like they do a great thing where when you first like sign up for the league and you get endorsed by leon who we'll get into who's uh there's so many funny characters um, i have so much to say about the story so far yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. Uh, let's talk about but I, I, i'll just say that the the i'm sort of trying to be as broad as possible and then we'll get into yeah specifics, yeah, yeah absolutely. But i think the thing this game does really well is like the scale of both both the gyms and the wild area, which I think we'll talk about a lot, makes the world feel so fully realized. And like when I signed up for the league and they like all eight gym leaders walked out and like they introduced all of them and like everyone has their own like league card. And like Mm -hmm. when you finally fight the first gym leader, Milo, who's the grass, uh, he's the buff dude with no nose. He's his grass type. Yeah. Uh, For context, Dynamaxing is when one of your Pokemon gets really big and they can use like kind of like Z moves. It feels like a combination of Z moves and 
Mega, Mega evolutions. evolutions, yeah. Where like their four moves will be like rendered to like I think there's only like a handful of moves you can use in Dynamax, but like depending on the type of move, it will be like uh, for example when I uh, Dynamaxed my Gloom, uh, one of its grass moves was like m- like Mega o- Overgrowth, and like the whole stadium like grew with like leaves and mushrooms and like yeah. completely healed me and did a bunch of damage to my enemies. So it's so cool. You can only Dynamax in gym battles and in raids in the wild area. Um, so like it's only for these things which already make them feel like special so it separates them from different battles yeah uh they dynamax for three turns and then they go back to normal and you can only do it once same with your opponent so there's a lot of strategy with choosing when to dynamax yeah. Um, and what to do when and, your opponent is dynamaxing that's also like right. the wild one and it's not as game breaking as i thought it was going to be so i actually really liked that and like the music changes and the crowd starts cheering whenever someone dynamaxes yeah. also there's a point in the story where they kind of imply that dynamaxing might not be good for like the world <laughs> yep. and the sky like opens up and becomes dark and like that stuff is really effective like the stadium setting the uniforms you put on the fact that you can change your like number on trainer 18 which mm-hmm. i love uh, that all works for me and it makes me so invested in like the scale of the world I don't care about the story but I do care about the characters and I'm all in on the spectacle uh, yes. which is like yes, yes, so yes. great that's, so anyway, that's what I'll, I was going to talk about in terms yeah. of recapturing that that spirit of the first game for me because in the first game yeah. having never experienced Pokemon before but like just knowing about it and then finally getting the cartridge and like starting to play it was like oh my god I I am a special person in this world I am the one who is going to be all eight gyms and the elite four and i'm going to be the pokemon champion it's going to take me you know a month and a half but i'm going to do it because i'm I'm six years old and this is hard this is a hard video game for me um yeah but like that spectacle of not knowing what was around any corner not knowing like what team rocket was up to um was was wild at that age and at that time and with every subsequent sequel some of that magic has kind of been washed away right because they continue to go back to the well and they continue to use the same formula with every game yeah. Um, just setting this game in a world in which um, the the gyms are these giant spectacles in which there is an opening ceremony a la the Olympics for all the trainers who want to go and fight all the gyms, having to put a jersey on, having giant crowds cheering you on. Um, even <laughs> even after the opening ceremony, when you're leaving and you're going to the first gym, there's like a crowd of people outside who are all cheering you on and like shouting things at you as you run by because they're just like so stoked that there's another group of trainers that are that want to take on the gym challenge like it is the first time since the first game that i have felt again like a special person in the world like i i don't just feel like one of the many trainers who's sitting on route four mm. looking back and forth waiting for somebody to walk by you know i i feel like an actual like member of the society here um it is really compelling and really really cool um and and i i'm just like kind of floored by how much that one simple change in the gym structure has has changed the entire way i view both myself in the world and the world itself um yes it's it's gorgeous to see happen um and and it's lovely to feel in my heart steven i love it absolutely i love it too it's just the best so i'm just trying to organize like what i want to talk about so i'm not just like and then and then and then and then yeah uh, which i feel like i'm gonna do but um let's talk about the story uh i know i bashed pokemon narratives i don't get me wrong this is the breath i breathe like the air i breathe it i i'm given so much life from the bizarre narratives of these games i live for it let's talk a bit about the story uh so minor spoilers there i'm not you know i'm five gyms in uh but you know i'll keep it to that uh if if not all of that and then i'd love to talk about the wild area and some of the like more mechanical features of the game yeah um that works for you totally agree 
Yeah, let's do that. So the game begins uh, in sort of rural UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the first very, town Very called? hilly, very very hilly landscape, which I really like. Already, yeah. already, like the flatness of everything that's come before in Pokemon is is gone, which I really appreciated. Like it's such a really... subtle thing that really like sets the world up and also sets it apart from everything we've seen before. Absolutely, and I think there's a really brilliant like environmental narrative design choice of like having all the big important places far in the distance yeah so you know it's the it's the classic like luke looking at the twin sunset you know on it's like you can see what your goals are right away yeah and uh so you know similar beginning you're playing whatever the current version nintendo hardware is in your room and your mom's like you're gonna be the chosen one come downstairs (laughs) okay uh Checking every garbage can for items and then going downstairs. Yep. Uh, and then you meet Hop, who is one of three rivals. You get three rivals this mm-hmm. time. Hop is Hop, your next door neighbor. Hop is your next door neighbor. He has big Ryuji energy where he's like the lovable head first best friend. Yeah. Uh, and his older brother is Leon, who is the undefeated champion of the like Pokemon League, basically. Yeah, he's he has been the cape. champion since he was 10 years old, according to his league card, which is wild. Inhabiting the like design choices of like awful Fire Emblem facial hair and Outer Worlds corporateness. Yeah, he has and maybe 2007 PacSun. <laughs> he has a cape of all his sponsors, yeah. which I can't get enough, like a NASCAR racer. It's unbelievable. And uh, he also has like awful facial hair but yeah. and a hat that uh has on the bottom of the brim a crown drawn onto it so it when it's flipped up it looks like he's wearing a crown yeah uh incredible so he gives you and hop your first pokemon uh he's like i'm back from being the undefeated champion i'm gonna endorse both of you because to be in the league you have to be endorsed by someone mm-hmm. uh so like it's a big deal that leon is endorsing anyone yeah and he endorses you and his younger brother then he opens up a suitcase and outrun Grookey, Scorbunny, and Sobble, uh, who we've talked about a lot. I loved their intro because for the first time it shows them like running around in the area. Mm-hmm. And it indirectly implies the type advantages. Because like yep. Scorbunny like runs and causes fire, which causes Grookey to run away and hide in the tree. And then he like throws something at Sobble who starts crying. Yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, ch- I chose Grookey long ago and I... Seeing them in the game made me love them even more, I have to say. Yeah, um, me too. All good choices across the board, uh, but I chose Grookey and was very happy with it. Uh, yeah. You also chose Grookey. I also chose Grookey. I am not going to lie, seeing that cutscene uh, play out kind of made me want to choose Sobble a little bit. Also, knowing that Sobble just evolves into pretty much blue Gex uh, <laughs> is like... <laughs> huge for me uh but yeah. I'll, I'll get a i'll get a sobble eventually somehow I'll, I'll make it happen um i i needed to go with grookey grookey is my king and savior um yeah the closest grookey. i am to um a theist is for grookey <laughs> <laughs> right 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 i'm actually happy that like there doesn't seem to be like a unanimous pick i like amongst my friends i would say like most have chosen grookey but there's a pretty even spread across the board um, yeah, yeah. All of my friends are choosing different ones, which I love. And and also pretty good spread with who got shield as well. So there are a lot of I'm actually happy that there are kind of major differences between the two because it used to be that like it was just the legendary mm-hmm. and there wasn't really a reason to make two games. But now it's like there are a lot of exclusives which encourage like online play and online trading as well as um, different gym leaders, which we'll right. get into. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I don't know if it changes the town the gym is in, but yeah. Um, you we'll also got that. sword, right? I got sword. Yeah. So I think. Why did you pick th- sword out of curiosity? Um, I picked sword because one, I just liked the vibe more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Two, there's the dog with a sword in its mouth. And three, Sir Fetched is an exclusive. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. Who is not in my party currently, but there were just like enough. I have to say, though, there's a lot of exclusiveness to Shield that I also like. Like a lot of my, a lot of, uh, my one of my favorite Pokemon, Ranculus, is in Shield, so mm. I'll have to trade for him. Yeah, um, he's the weird like Adam, like cells. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Um, also a Gen Five pick. Five had a lot of like items as Pokemon, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. But they moved away from just making like another squirrel. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into the squirrel from this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to. So um, you choose Grookey, and then he's like, you know, we're gonna go to the capital city to uh, to like sign you up for the league. Um, and Hop chooses the Pokemon that you're strong against. So in this case, he chose Sobble, Um adding to his kind of tragic fate, which I will get into. Um, yeah, I want to talk. I Hop. have to talk about Hop. <laughs> yeah, Hop. Oh, you man. routinely kick his ass, and then he gives you gifts afterwards. <laughs> and like that's a pretty stand. Like the rivals have gotten progressively nicer. You know, like. Uh-huh. In red and blue, <laughs> in red and blue, your rival was a piece of shit. Gary, smell you later. Like, yeah, he was also he chose what was strong against you. He was always a few levels ahead. Yep. And uh, but there's he of was course, confident like, and could also walk the walk. You know, like yeah, he yeah. knew what he was doing. He he was a worthy rival. He wasn't malicious, but he definitely like did not think of you. Uh, right but there's been a lot i love the like deep lore of like you secretly kill his radicate and like steal his grandfather's affection away from him yeah uh, <laughs> but um yeah you know he's he's like yeah exactly and silver and gold your rival was like an incel mob boss's son who stole his yeah Pokemon. literal actual <laughs> criminal yeah <laughs> he's like an evil evil dude and then in i forgot the rival in ruby sapphire but like they've gotten nicer since silver and gold yeah uh, i think i think culminating in in x and y originally when you have that like group of friends that come with you and they're all just yeah buds. yeah, yeah your, your friend one just wants to dance and like has pokemon that do yeah different types of dances yeah that's the weirdest one because you kick all of their asses and they're like wow thank you it's what is this <laughs> yeah I, there's one like you have one rival who's like kind of at your level but like even still x x and y I, I i'll say real quick too in terms of difficulty this is this game is by no means like hard but it's way it requires way more strategic thinking than like the recent games have i've been like, very through- surprised at the difficulty scaling of this game it is yeah it is definitely harder than i was expecting it to be um Absolutely. and really all that's that's caused me to do is not like over level or like train or whatever it's it's really just more like oh shit i actually have to be strategic about type matchups you have to be strategic like which i love yeah. like um and i'll get into that more with where i'm at in the game because like the gym battles bump up for sure yeah yeah. It's um, usually like, by the second gym where any idea of tight matching gets thrown out the window for me because I'm so overleveled and I'm so powerful until the Elite Four when you have to think about it again. And then it's, right. like, it's like a shock when you... But in like, this oh, game, shit. like, random trainers will actually use potions on their Pokemon, which, like, yeah. you know, it's like, thank God the world learned that, like, you can have more than one squirrel and use a potion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and also, I, I was talking to my friend about this recently, catching Pokemon is also, like, very difficult, but, like, in a fun way. Yeah, we were um, just talking, that, the reason that we started our recording so late was because I used 22 Pokeballs on a Farfetch'd. <laughs> that, ha- that was so like, asleep and had so little health that if I hit it, it would die. You know he's going to be a strong knight. Um, yeah. So uh, so back to the story. You go with Hop to the capital city, which is like beautiful. And you go back there, which I like. You're not just there once and never again. Like You constantly circle back to the city that's like a very industrial. There's like a giant like 
steampunk elevator Mm -hmm. um and i think what's really funny about this game is that they let you buy clothes before pokeballs so like everyone i've talked to has spent like tens of thousands of dollars on fashion yeah uh which is this incredible um but I'm you go so to, happy with my look right now. It is so yeah. strong. I love we it. We both, I think, look, we're giving off like how we would look in that world, yeah. I think. Yeah, totally. Um, I just needed sunglasses and that's all I needed, really. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I, uh, we go up to the league and you sign up and that's where you meet the gym leaders. Yeah. Um, who like all have so much personality. And, Immediately. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's so where striking. I think the story is still like defeat the champion and there's this like Oh my god, there's this undercurrent of like mystery where uh your friend who's like an archaeologist is constantly looking at ruins and she'll mm-hmm. be like, This statue is of the hero who has a sword and a shield. I wonder what it means. Like, right. the, the, come on. <laughs> but um I love that. I love the melodrama there and like And I she she will... is specifically looking into dynamaxing and seeing if it relates to this giant calamitous event that happened like centuries ago. The darkest ago. day. Yeah. yeah, the darkest day, uh, which is fantastic. Uh so I love that building up. But like what I genuinely like unironically love is the are the characters really like the the first gym leaders Milo is this like buff friendly farmer. Uh, Nessa is the water gym leader who's mm-hmm. like very confident and like nautical vibes across the board. And then um, there's exclusive gym leaders per uh, I think we get two or three. I know for a fact that Sword gets Bea, who is the fighting gym leader, who instead someone tweeted yeah. instead of Ghost Alistair, who has like a shy guy mask and like mm-hmm. kind of walks around in a ghostly way. Someone tweeted a picture of Bea with a blindfold and then just wrote to Bea, and I can't stop thinking of that. That's awesome. That's okay. So because like there's a they had the same haircut. They have like a similar <laughs> energy and like I'm like this this might have been intentional. Yeah, you know, I love that But yeah, so like just that was so cool and then you uh, can design your own trainer uniform with your own number What's your number? You mine is mine is a zero one zero which um, wait I, I have to find this because somebody burned <laughs> me in the discord as soon as I posted it <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shout out to sue in the discord who said quote Oh, no, it's not 10. It's zero ten, <laughs> <laughs> Which I fucking love. Um, I just a, picked it because tr- I thought it looked cool. I just, yeah, I, it does it, look it looks, cool. It looks cool on my back. It looks cool until you say it. Which zero is ten. Zero ten. <laughs> um, I'm trainer 18, which yeah. looks somehow is great. Uh, yeah, yeah, my... you're, you're a Dragon Ball Z android. It's awesome. <laughs> I do love Android 18. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... That's great. And then they're like, go to through the route to the next town where you'll fight the first gym leader, the grass yeah. type. Can we um, can we talk about Chairman Rose briefly? Oh, my God. Yes. So Chairman Absolutely. Rose is is the chairman of the entirety of the Pokemon League. Um, He seems to oversee the whole thing, has like a very like sunny, pleasant disposition, seems to just really love like when battles go fucking wild um, because I mean, very clearly he's an industrial capitalist. Like he loves. Yeah. Making His money. Theme and the song is so good i'd have to say yeah like oh, it's great. Song, yeah he's like kind of doughy and always wears like weird like casual billionaire like he has like swim trunks and like a nice sweater or a full suit yeah it's like with with bright red shoes like bright red pointed <laughs> dress shoes anyway continue yeah so he um every, every interaction i've had with chairman rose so far pretty much just is a little bit twinged with like malice. Like I'm a little yes. bit freaked out by him so far. Yes. Um, especially uh, after after the intro, after the beginning um, opening ceremony when he introduces everyone and is like, we're going to have a great year for the Pokemon uh, gym challenge. It's going to be awesome. Check out all these like great uh, combatants, whatever. Um, and then you start making your way up a route and 
uh, you get pulled to the side by by uh, Sonia, your your researcher friend, who is like, do you see that factory just billowing plumes of like horrific smoke into the atmosphere? That's Chairman Rose's factory. He also yeah. provides power to the entirety of the Gallo region uh, via his coal mines. And I was just like, okay, this is a little bit terrifying. I think that this yeah. man has this much power over this region. Um, will they confront that? Is that a thing we will be talking about? I'm not sure. Maybe you know your five gyms in. Um, but you and I had had kind of expressed the potential for this game to um, kind of talk about like the horrors of of capitalism and yes. and FIFA and like it just and it, dude we're not far off. I yeah. they haven't fully like they haven't fully committed to it yet. But like Chairman Rose invites you out to dinner after you beat the second gym, which I love. Like it's so like yeah. it, that felt like the most grounded moment where like his secretary is like don't keep him waiting. He's a very busy man. You go to the seafood restaurant. That is the background of my trainer card. The weird like chef smile. Oh okay great great. Um and he invites you you and Sonia and he's like oh good you know each other and it's like you know we knew each other like yeah. what threat is this his secretary is like very has big like uh oh my god Hubert energy from Fire Emblem oh okay where she's like very like like all like she's very cold and like is like very protective of Chairman Rose mm-hmm. Chairman Rose by contrast is like kind of a friendly guy and, and truth be told I still don't know like how much like how much of a villain he's going to be is he kind of like just like a ends justify the means character is he like misguided in some way is he or are tr- we just projecting it- our own strange biases right. onto this there's man based on some on. of the based on some of the pre-release stuff there's definitely something going on because there's another uh well, I'll, I'll get into it but um you have this meet dinner with him and he tells sonia like oh like i'm also concerned uh about like the potential negative effects of dynamaxing like you should look into it Mm-hmm. And like just sort of like basically gaslights her into thinking like, you know, that's such a good idea. I'm going to give you the benefit of telling you to do something. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you're just asking me to do your dirty work, asshole. But um, and then he's like, oh, what a shame. I didn't have any time to talk to Steve. And like, well, good luck with the rest of the challenge. <laughs> um, okay. And what's interesting is that there's right. no Professor Oak this game. Like Sonya is a researcher. Um, well, and her grandmother is, is a professor. Right. But she doesn't give you your Pokemon in the same way that like in the past, it's always been like a professor named after a tree gives you a Pokemon. Yeah. Um, so in this one, Leon does. And then Chairman Rose is like kind of like the professor because he's the first character you see. The game opens and he explains like the world kind of yeah. like a Vince McMahon energy, like explains the yeah. <laughs> the vibe of the stadiums and stuff. Uh, so basically after that, you just go from gym to gym and then it kind of goes into familiar territory where like the scene, the scenery varies and all the settings are really cool and unique I, I really enjoy that and there are three rivals which i think is time to get into uh i don't know if you've met all of them yet um, i have but okay cool so the second rival you meet is bead uh bead is endorsed by chairman rose right the um, only person it, to have been endorsed by chairman rose and it is revealed do you mind if i spoil this no go it's on it. the back of his league card which he gives you which honestly read the league cards if you flip them they yeah, have awesome. backstories about all the characters that are like oddly interesting uh again like this game's never had an especially good story but like it's fun to learn more about the characters like yeah this is the way. destiny grimoire of pokemon it's like yeah you're really getting some <laughs> depth shit about these people so bead was endorsed by the chairman also kind of adopted by him he was Mm. an orphan and 
uh, you know, but showed promise as a young age as a Pokemon trainer, and Chairman Rose kind of took him under his wing and has become the endorsed champion. Also seems to tell Bead to, like, find uh, wishing stars, which are, like, the material people use to Dynamax. So, right. like, Bead seems to be kind of doing some dirty work for Chairman Rose, but there's a point where Bead is doing some... Bead's kind of a dick. He's, like, very rude to you, very arrogant. Yeah. Um, because, mo- because of his endorsement. His endorsement from uh, Chairman Rose, I, I think, gives him a superiority complex that that you yes. beat out of him pretty much immediately, I think. He is a challenging opponent. Like, he he's the first person you fight that, like, kind of puts up a challenge. He's a lot of, like, weird psychic and 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 different types of Pokemon. Like, he has the Galarian Ponyta, which I love. The, yeah. like, Lisa Frank horse. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a point somewhere, like, around the fourth gym where he's doing something really sketchy and chairman rose catches him doing it and is like um this breaks my heart but you're no longer endorsed by me and beat is like he's like what do you like this he's like we could settle this so many different ways why are you choosing the worst way to do it mm-hmm. you know it's like the opposite of dr strange like this is the worst what timeline like yeah. we we could have done this any other way so i'm wondering like i'm really interested in where that story is going because like i wonder if it's going to flip where like we have way more empathy for Bede over Chairman Rose, maybe team up with him to like save the day. That's probably what it's going to be. Yeah. But there was a, there was a moment that honestly emotionally affected me for the first time in a Pokemon game, like in the story where B challenges hop to a battle. Whoa. And it happened. It happens off screen. You just go to the next town and Bede shows up and he's like, yeah, I obliterated Hop. Like, see you later. Oh, my God. And oh my you God. see Leon. You see Leon later. And Leon's like, I ha- Hop doesn't seem like himself. Yeah. And you see you see Hop again. And he's kind of depressed. And he's like, he's like, hey, just so you know, like, Bede, like, wiped the floor with me. Like, I, I don't mind losing. But, like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And I'm worried that I'm going to, like, soil my brother's name by just being so bad. Holy and, like, shit. You spend so much of the game just kicking his ass and he's always a good sport about it. And to see him like finally coming to terms with like, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not worth it. It's like so sad. Well, I, like, felt- I'm so glad I didn't go as hard on dunking on Hop as I had planned on in this episode now because like, <laughs> oh man. It's really effective. Like, yeah, it really, that's wild. That, okay. that was really cool. And then you meet Marnie uh, who mm-hmm. Team Yell, I, I love Team Yell. They Team Yell lived rules. Up to the hype. Yeah. Their whole thing is they want to help, but they do it in the worst way. And they have like the best like dialect written Cockney slang. They're like, Oi mate, let's get shitty, yeah. yeah. It's like what <laughs> it's so But good. they love Marnie and um I was I was wondering what Marnie's vibe was going to be. She's like very stylish, kind of goth. Yeah. Um and she has this fan club. You meet Marnie and Marnie is like outrageously normal and empathetic, which mm-hmm. like adds to Team Yell's ridiculousness. Yeah. But also like you can see why Team Yell like her so much. Yeah. And um, she also likes them a little bit too she's definitely like she does. frustrated by them but she's like eh, it's cool that i have a they have club. the best of intentions like there's one point where they're blocking a road because they don't want anyone to wake up this sleepy snake pokemon and they're like oi mate you're being way too loud yeah and then they challenge you like <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile they're literally team yell they're the loudest people in the game <laughs> they all and their theme song uh, is like vuvuzelas just like, whatever yeah uh, they're so good i love them but uh so marnie is also in the league and like they set her up to be like also like a close friend of yours like she's very she's kind of like gary where like she is very confident and like does not want to lose but she like invests in you as a person unlike Bede, who is like all negating so yeah it's interesting how they have this like palette of like hop who is like your undying best friend despite constantly getting shit on mm-hmm. uh and then dealing with that you have Bede, who is like such an asshole that he actually loses the endorsement. Yeah. And then you have Marnie, who's kind of right in the middle where she's like, 
well, I'm not losing to you, but like I'll be your friend. Yeah, um, it's the best of all worlds. It's the best of all rivals that you've had. Yeah, in all the previous generations, they kind of like allow all three kinds to play off of each other in really interesting ways. Because um, like Bede is essentially, in, potentially, the golden silver like red haired evil protagonist uh, or or evil antagonist um, in a way. And then you have Marnie, who is I, I would agree is like a Gary esque figure. And then you have Hop, who just represents everything that's happened since X and Y, except a strange awareness of the fact that you're absolutely destroying him every single time you fight. I would be so impressed if they flipped it where like Hop kind of goes renegade and becomes like a very challenging opponent and kind of like lets that get to his head. I would love and that. Bede, yeah. Bede becomes, I, I could see them redeeming Bede based on like his tragic backstory. Like I think he will become like a Vegeta type companion. Mm-hmm. Who I and, What I'm struggling with is where I fit into it sometimes because. Yeah. Because all of these characters have like very, very strong backstories and reasons why they are as powerful as they are and as good at Pokemon battling and training as they are. Um, and here I'm coming from just like a farm out of nowhere. I didn't even have a Pokemon <laughs> until 18 minutes ago. Like, Yeah, and that's wild. always the challenge of like a silent protagonist where like interesting how like in Three Houses they like actually try to give Bilefic a reason for being so powerful. Y- yes, exactly. You know? And it's kind of a slow burn throughout the story that you don't even truly get unless you played. Uh, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> stop me from talking about Three Houses. <laughs> yeah, it's really brilliant. How, like, stop. Uh, okay, it's fine. My so, Farfetch'd is named Byleth, so. You showed me that and I literally, like, swooned. I was so <laughs> impressed. Uh, but I, I wonder if we are the Gary, is, is I think, where I'm coming mm, from. I mean, we're the Gary, we're literally the Gary to Hop. To Hop, right, like, exactly. Sure. I think yeah. I think Hop is, is Ash or Red or whatever, like. Yeah. It's starting to He's feel that way. He's also the, I mean, like. There is a game where you would play as Hop, like your older brother is the champion and he's like trying to get you into the league and like, you know. Yeah, it's Ruby Sapphire where your dad is the gym leader of like the fourth gym, you know, it's like you have have everything, all the cards are in your hand already and you just have to not fuck up is kind of how that game goes. And then you don't fuck up the whole time. But Hop has been given all these cards and is like dropping them in the mud and Wooloos are eating them. Like <laughs> anytime he, he tries has, to play one, he has a Wooloo, which is like perfectly summed up, and, and will not get rid of it. It's, it's no, like he won't. Every, I'm amazed that the Wooloo is still in his party every time we fight. He does. So there's a Pokemon that you get right outside the daycare center. That's like a baby dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I love it. I used it on my team for a while. It was yeah. like Gills. Um, it's electric and poison type, which rules. Great. But I've looked it up. It evolves into something really cool, but it takes a while. And it's like this kind of useless baby for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he has one on his team, which I'm like, is that a metaphor for what he is going to be? Like, yeah. Is he starting? Is he like the slow burn? Like, because I would love if by the end of this game, which I'm sure it will be is like we've got to take on Marnie, Bede, and Hop for title of champion, and they're all like at a superior level. Yeah, that'd be so. I like again, the story is whatever, but I'm genuinely excited for the championship. Like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Um, I wonder if there's an Elite Four or if that is their amalgam for an Elite Four is the three the three rivals and then Leon. And then Leon. I think that will probably be it because then it will be like who is champion. Yeah, and the gym battles are really fun. So I kind of went into Dynamaxing where it's like when do you Dynamax? and all that and um really what's fun too is that before you do that there's like a gym challenge and they're different gym to gym so like the grass one is kind of silly you have to herd a bunch of wooloos towards a goal i'm mm-hmm. like it's just kind of tedious but it's silly um, i loved it i loved it and there's the ampers running around that will like scare your wooloos in different yeah. direction there's also trainers um, who are looking out for you and want to battle you while you're doing it so they'll like interrupt you halfway so you can battle it's fun it, it is fun they get better though the water one is like a puzzle where you have to pull different levers to like change which direction the water is flowing to get to the end cool. um 
the the third gym is the fire gym that one's really fun where it's actually a pokemon catching competition so there Whoa. are other trainers in the grass and you have to catch pokemon before they do and i was on the edge of my seat because i that's where i use my quick balls so i just got two right away but then there was a litwick which is the ghost candle pokemon yep. one of my favorites uh becomes a chandelier just incredible another gen 5 favorite so i was like okay i like not only do i have to catch this litwick to win the challenge but i want this litwick so badly and it was impossible mm-hmm. to catch and finally i got it and i was just so like i genuinely feel triumph both in these challenges and in beating the gym leaders. Yeah. Um, fairly easy until I would say like the turning point is they keep, they hyped up the fire guys, the turning point and I crushed him, <laughs> but uh, which is funny. They're like, wow, that's usually the wall. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but uh, the ones that follow uh, Bea, the fighting one uh, was pretty tough. And I just fought the fairy gym leader. That one mm. was fun because her challenge is a quiz where they'll ask you trivia questions during the battle. And if you get them right or wrong, your stats are boosted or lowered in the cool. fight. It's great. And like her vibe is great, type, by the way. Opal is her name, I think. Opal is my favorite. Yeah. She is so, and I'll, I'll get into why. So she's watching as if you're auditioning for a play. You're on stage fighting these other trainers. And then she's like, cool, go fight me. Yeah. And um, she asks you trivia questions during your her the battle with her. And the thing about fairy type is that they're kind of hard to fight inherently they're very defensive they have a lot of like attacks that heal or like manipulate and they're only weak to poison or steel um which are like not common types that have especially good attacks for right i have a Sneevil on my team. Great. So like I was ready with the steel. Of course, all her Pokemon are half steel type. Mawile and uh, Coffin. She, yeah. she had my number right. She watched me fight. She's like, of course I know how to cream you. Yeah. So in this fight, I Dynamax right away because I'm like, I could see this Galarian wheezing with its giant mustache and factory top hats fucking up my entire team. I got to take it out right away. Mm-hmm. So I, I Dynamaxed my Sneevil to t- take it out. And then her last Pokemon was Gigantamax Alcreamy. We talked about this way back in the day. And yeah. The crowd was going wild and I was so nervous. Uh, and then she asked me, she was like, how old am I? And you could say 16 or 88. And I'm like, well, you're 88. And she goes, I mean, true, but rude. And lo- <laughs> my stats got lowered. <laughs> um, she was great. And like, that's the most recent fight I did. By far my favorite. And like, again, like I didn't get, I, I won the first time, but I had to think about what I was doing, which I think is like the perfect balance of difficulty yeah. um, in a game like this. I'm having the best time. Uh, that's where I am in the story so far. I'm, and I'm really like, as we talk about it, I realize how excited I am to genuinely see what happens. Like the, the, the mythos of like the hero with the sword and shield is like going to be fine. <laughs> like right. it's going to be, yeah, I, know, like, I'm already playing dragon quest. I don't need it in my Pokemon game, yeah, but like, if you're going to give it to me, then why not? But oddly enough, the, like the gym stuff is great. And like team yellow are just the best team that has ever been in the game. They're yeah, so funny. They're great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Should we uh, take a break and then come back and we'll talk about the wild area and more stuff that we love? Yeah, well, uh, let's take a break and then we'll talk about the wild area and then like our teams and who we're using and stuff. I would love to do that. Oh, my God. So excited. All right. Honestly, and I just want to add, um, like, if you like Pokemon, check this game out. You're going to have a good time with it. I really, truly feel bad for people who aren't experiencing because it's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah. The people who have worked themselves up into such a frothing, fervorous rage about it that they won't even try it, I think are missing out on maybe I, one I of my favorite because, Pokemon games. Yeah, like I, I even people outside of like the the like extreme hatred, I've heard people just a colloquially be like, oh, like I hear that game's like not as good or like I hear like people are really upset about it. It's like, no, it fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's such a non-issue. Like honestly, 
as someone who has played all of them, this is a great entry in the series. It's not going to redefine what Pokemon is. And if you expect that, you might be let down. But like, it is such a good entry. Possibly the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about more let's take a break. stuff. Cool. cool. See you in hell. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Brendan, do you want to hear my story about Magic the Gathering? I really do. I mean, you teased it before, so I, I, I feel did, like so I, I have, have to, to hear commit. it. Um, so I had a very brief, two brief experiences with Magic. Uh, as everyone, I played when I, when I was 11 at like summer camp uh-huh. uh, and didn't really know what I was doing, but like I really loved the artwork. Um, I still do. Like The artwork on Magic cards is like second to none in terms yeah. of like those types of games and just like creating interest in that world play when i was 11 sort of moved on and then in college uh there was one summer where somehow like a flu spreading one person got into it in our house and then it, like everyone got into it mm-hmm. um and it was fun for the time it, i mean I, I no shade on magic it's it's a fantastic game i would i have everything about my essence would be very into it which is why i, I actively avoid it because like yeah it's it's something where even in my which I'll get into with my story, uh, I think it's something that like you get to a point where it either has to go away or become something serious. I think it's, <laughs> it's hard to keep it a casual thing. Um, right. So I play with my housemates and like at first we were like, OK, we're only going to play because I had a bunch of old cards. And during the summer, I was like, well, I'll just bring them like we'll just play. It'll be fun. So we like just played with my old cards from like the early 2000s. Um and that was fun. Then eventually we had enough temptation. Like, well, let's go to the comic book store and buy a pack. Like, just for fun. We'll throw it in. Right. Which led to us getting new cards and, like, learning more about the game and getting into it. And uh, most comic book stores have an event called Friday Night Magic, which is just an incredible name. Yeah. Like, I really based, love that. Based on what it's advertising and what it is. It's just like <laughs> Friday Night Magic. It's exactly what it is. So there's a comic book store near our place. And we went there. And basically the conceit is that uh, I think they vary on, like, what is all offered um it's kind of a fun thing or at least it can be uh but you go there on friday and there's some type of like magic event in this case it was what's called the draft where everyone buys like a ten dollar booster pack and then mm-hmm. you are prompted to make a deck on the spot which i actually like because that is cool yeah it kind of levels the playing field of like versus people who have spent like decades and a lot of money which is my main point of tension with magic is like you kind of have to like spend a lot of money to have the deck that like will win you know yeah it's not pay to win but like when you get to a certain point it's like you have to you know it just it just gets into that kind of uh mode where you're actively spending money on it but basically you all pitch in and you like look at a pack take one card pass it to the right and you have to like on the spot make a deck um and then you all play against each other which is really fun so that's what the night was going to be my roommate and i uh were confident enough to go and check this out Mm -hmm. i walk in with a deck with like a rubber band around it and just immediately realize what i'm getting into because (laughs) i meet someone who is referred to as judge um okay he's called judge casually and officially i learned that he is a legit wizard appointed judge of magic where Whoa. at all these events there's someone who is a judge who like is there if you have any questions about the game or like to make judgment calls which is again kind of cool yeah but like so intimidating yeah absolutely. I, I feel like you know we, we've been playing in our house we kind of had this it's like when you play smash you're like i'm pretty good then you fight and then you go like, to a tournament for the first melee, time yeah, yeah and you're like i don't even know where i rank i'm like <laughs> dust in space what do i do with my um, eyes oh I, I close them when they start to feel dry <laughs> oh shit okay i didn't know that sorry so i show up with a 
fucking goblin deck with a rubber band around it and <laughs> there's the judge and he's a friendly dude like we we talk and i'm like hey and like this is a group that has probably not seen many new faces so like everyone's kind of whispering i'm like you know like oh who's this dude that just showed up yeah <laughs> and he's like well let's play and everyone is silent suddenly and they're like oh my god like Someone literally said, what are you doing to this poor man? The minute he offered that idea. And he's like, oh, come on. We're here to have fun. Puts out a mat. Puts out a mat, which he will be playing on. Mm -hmm. Or should I say, like, basically setting up my coffin, if you will. Like, (laughs) he puts down a mat that is, like, of a haunted forest. It's beautiful. I can't look away. And then he takes out his deck. All his cards are in sleeves of, like like pg-13 suggestive anime girls a weird pick but whatever live your life he is shuffling this deck of anime girls with one hand i've never seen someone shuffle a deck of cards with one hand on his haunted mat yeah as everyone slowly gathers as if like i'm a sacrifice being offered it is the gathering yes he draws seven (laughs) cards looks me in the face and says upkeep which I don't know what that means. This is my this is my chance to prove that my goblin deck with a rubber band around it is worth it. And, <laughs> and I had been asked or told by the judge upkeep, which I don't know what that means. It meant it was my turn. He was giving me the first turn. Okay. So I like, and I kid you not, I've never lost, no, nothing in my life has happened faster than me losing to this guy. Yeah. Like in a flurry of PG-13 anime girls, I just immediately lose. Um, and, and I felt like I should go, like I'm making a fool of myself. I'm not wanted here, uh-huh. but honestly, judge was incredibly kind and he was like, Hey, we're here to have fun. Like, yeah. And, and I, I was also there to have fun. I was not there to prove myself. I, I, it ended up being a really fun night. Um, it was funny though. Cause he was at the time I was like 20 and he was like, you should play my brother who of course was 11 and he, <laughs> me and his brother had a very close match. I inevitably lost. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm a, a blow average. 11 year old in terms of my skill at this at this place okay fine went on to play everyone there lost every time and everyone was like very nice very accepting very welcoming which was which was cool because i was not expecting that and i would probably not expect that from an event like this but i walked out happy i checked it out but knowing that this is just not for me I, I, I have to really step right. up my act if I want to compete and I just can't. Um, I don't know what how that relates to what we were talking about, but I just love sharing that story because I think... I mean, I it sounds like Hop re- getting obliterated by Bede if you're... <laughs> We're being honest with ourselves, <laughs> but it was it was it was very refreshing to be around a group of people that could have totally been elitist and exclusive and shitty, yeah, and were very welcoming. And I lo- I would love to see that more in all types of communities like that. Yeah, um, a, a small uh, another small anecdote on a very similar note um, for a site that you and I worked for, uh, bre- or the one that we started briefly. Uh, I was doing a long term report on the Super Smash Brothers melee scene. Uh, this was before Smash Four came out. And we just wanted to like, we just wanted to talk about how Melee was like, or that that community was like handling the idea that like the (laughs) ultimate Smash Brothers game was about to come out on the Wii U and the 3DS. And like, what is that going to do to your community? Is it going to split it? All that stuff. Um, And we were doing it via... Or like we were we were doing this report via 
entering a huge Smash tournament in New York City, like one of the like main ones you have to go and compete in if you want to like make it to Evo, having never played Super Smash Brothers competitively before. We were like, we're going to start here, see how horribly we do, and then go to locals for the next year until the New York tournament happens again and then see how much we've improved. And like, right. how long does it take to get good at Super Smash Brothers Melee? And I, I guess at that point it was like 2015 or 2014. I don't know. It was a while ago. But anyway... We went in, uh, me and a friend, and both of our first matches were like some of the wildest <laughs> first matches you could have possibly had. So I went up, uh, I was playing as Marth. I went up against um, this guy who at the time went by Internet Explorer, um, whose That's real name is alias. His real name is uh, Dan Salvado, who went on to make Doki Doki Literature Club, which is wild. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, I already told me that. Yeah. He was, he was uh, I think, arguably the number one Link player in the world at Melee. So he was my first wow. matchup in pools. Um, <laughs> and just like you said, the fastest I've ever been decimated in anything in my whole life. Like... <laughs> My, I lost all of my lives before I, I think, even hit him. He was, like, clearly yeah. toying with me briefly and then was like, actually, let's just finish this up. And as soon as I was done with the match and we just had, I think, another 10 minutes before we had to move on to the next round of pools, we were just sitting there and he was like, I can just teach you some stuff if you want. And he just, like, walked me through some of the, like, high-level strategies that you need to be doing if you're playing as Marth and improved my gameplay as Marth more, I think, in those 10 minutes than anything I had done before or after that. Like, yeah. it was wild simultaneously what was happening across the room was uh one of our mutual friends chris hello if you're listening was up against uh, a guy who goes by zero who was at the time or who went on to become the number one smash 4 player on the planet um and was also one of the best melee players and who then went on to beat everyone else and become the champion of that melee tournament that we were at and that was one of the most horrific things i've ever seen in my whole life it was it was a bloodbath it was fucking disgusting um but anyway point being like it was another one of those situations where like a community that is known for being toxic and problematic in person sometimes uh, can be like welcoming and interesting, but also like is not one that I would want to embed myself in any more yeah. than I already did for that story. I, I will say for anyone who is interested in magic, like doing that draft system is really fun. It does level the playing field in a way where like you could learn the game and like what goes into making a deck and like what strategies you can kind of spot on the on the go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just like. I learned my lesson. I was like, I can't kid myself that I'm, because this, because that's not even a competition. That's just them hanging out. Yeah. And even them, like, you know, just hanging out was like, I was eclipsed. I remember, <laughs> like, he placed down this image of like a brooding vampire on a roof, and I just immediately lost. I'm like, okay. Well. <laughs> All my cards too were like fart goblin of the hill. It's like this is like even thematically I'm outclassed. Like, yeah. you're pl you're putting down rich Victorian vampire lords, and I'm like just a bunch of goblins. Uh, which I mean, that was what I liked. I really liked rats and goblins as my deck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, I just thought that would be funny to share because it is kind of a little bit linked to Pokemon. Pokemon cards borrow a lot from Magic, as and as any card game does. Um, I did have a brief Hearthstone phase, which we'll talk about maybe one day. Oh yeah, me too, man. Out. I played that game really hardcore for a while. Yeah, we could talk yeah. about it sometime. Um, so I was into Hearthstone, but that was like you know a little bit ironically, even though like eventually I think the microtransactions kind of got in the way of the game. Like you didn't really have to spend a lot of money in the beginning to like have a decent deck in that game. Yeah. I don't think. No, but that yeah, I don't think so either. There was also a mode in that game where like it was like a draft where you just like chose. You got presented with three random cards and you chose one to build the deck and mm -hmm. you fought with that. Yeah, I I love seeing like you said. Uh, seeing inclusivity in environments that are traditionally at least 
uh, extremely perhaps, geeky. Yeah. Yes, yes, and I think Magic is probably like that. Based on my friends who play and who like have similar frustrations that we do with like a lot of video game culture, where it's like this should be a fun thing to share with everyone. Yeah. Um, Especially something like Pokemon, a game obsessively yeah. for children, or Star Wars <laughs> right. again, movies about space yeah, wizards yeah. obsessively for children. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so right. That that we talked about that with Let's Go, where someone was like, "This is for kids." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> it sure it is. is man it's for everyone everyone can enjoy it but like at the end of the day it's for it's for kids especially let's go yeah um but yeah anyway Pokemon let's Sword get back. shield rated m for mature <laughs> where's the gritty like rust adjacent survival pokemon game where like you have a you know mill tank that has two heads like fallout <laughs> i mean give me that too don't. It's a cool idea. Don't actually. I don't. Give me a sword and shield, which we're going to talk about more. Let's See talk about later. it. Goodbye, break. Brendan. Steven. Do you want to talk about our teams first or the wild area first? Ooh, what do you want? I have my switch open and I'm looking at my teams. Let's do teams. All right, just let's to get do back teams. into it. So, right now, five gyms in. I change up my roster pretty frequently, which again, like just to drill the point even further, you never feel a lack of variety. Um, you always see faces of like older generations and newer ones. That's what I really liked about, I think X and Y introduced. Cause before then, like even in Diamond and Pearl, you saw like a lot of Rattata and Zubat and like right. uh, Bidoof. And until the end game when you could see everyone. X and Y purposely kind of like had a variety of like older generations and newer generations and like it felt very uh it felt very varied in that sense as does this game uh so right now leading the team i got a sneasel named tilda a dark and ice type very cool vibe one of my favorite pokemon Lonely. named after tilda swinton uh i think so i like just giving them like formal names sometimes yeah uh but originally i was gonna name them strep because they're a sneasel and i was like that's a little negative i love so that <laughs> i went with tilda Tilda's fun, um, lonely and i love sneasel so much you know that like sneasel's like one of my favorite pokemon oh really oh yeah oh, i'm so glad yeah they're one of my favorites too i i think they're great and their evolution is cool as well they're lonely in nature we first met another on November 17th, it was near the giant's cat. It's mischievous. Ooh. Do you mind if I read that? I think these are so funny. No, no, absolutely. Um, Go for it. Next up, we got Dawn, my Corviknight. Corviknight rules. Yeah. I'm not surprised, but the hype was real. And what I love is that the uh, the first form is Rokiti, which is this very unassuming round bird that's everywhere in the first route. Yeah. Like, it's it's the Pidgey of the game, and it becomes this legendary nightmare bird. So, yep. like, I, I thought Corviknight was going to be kind of rarer, but I love that they're, like, as common as Rattata. You just can get a Corviknight if you want it. Yeah. There's it even rules. a house in the capital city where this woman is living with a bunch of Rokitis, and she's like, I like Corviknights. I have nothing to do with the taxi service. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome because Corviknight's like the taxi cab of the world yeah um so which we'll get into pokemon jobs as well because you can send your pokemon to do jobs based on their type i haven't done it yet i i oh, know okay. it's a thing in the in the in the menu like when you're at a pokemon center but i have not done it yet but i do want that's hear basically it. it it's very funny though like i sent my weird squirrel who i named Bo the liar to like make fabric out yeah of we firm. have to talk about Bo the liar i need to know <laughs> i need to know where that came from <laughs> well, they're currently off my team, but I'll talk about it. You know them. that great Tilda uh, Swinton and Ezra Miller movie? We need to talk about both a liar. Yeah. <laughs> so Dawn, uh, Cor my Corviknight's a girl, and I named her Dawn because of like Dawn and Dusk kind of thing. Oh, fun. Um, Agnes is my Vileplume. Honestly, my MVP. I love Vileplume. Underrated. Yeah, uh, I agree. Vileplume is underrated. She's sassy by nature and has a sturdy body. 
Um, Sassy for Vileplume, great. I actually did switch out Grookey for my team, which I know is like sacrilegious. That was very shocking to me. I I will definitely consider putting them back. I really like Grookey's final form, which I won't spoil for those listening. But um, Grookey is very much like a physical attack centric character. Hasn't learned like a lot of interesting moves yet. And I like my grass types with the ability to like do status effects and to absorb health and stuff. And Grookey just doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, But who knows? I switch it up enough. He could very well come back. Uh, Roxanne. My colossal started as really Coley. Yeah. Fire rock type. Uh incredible Pokemon. Learns a lot of cool moves like Flame Charge, Rapid Spin, Stealth Rock. They have an ability that just makes Pokemon weak to fire, which is incredible. Whoa. That's why covers them in okay. covers them in tar. And if you attack it, you get burned. Just like an incredible, incredible Pokemon. Um I'll have to pull my uh mine out of the Poke box, I guess. Impish by nature. It's very finicky. Okay. So that's Roxanne, the Colossal. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Bell, my Litwick, one of my favorites I mentioned earlier, Ghost and Fire type. It is relaxed and it's mischievous. Perfect for a ghost candle. Yeah. One of my favorite Pokemon, Gen 5, absolutely great. And I just caught this one. Uh, I wanted this one on my team. I got a Hatana, the weird like little Pokemon with like bangs and a hat. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it just is a hat. It just is a hat. It can heal allies on your team, which I thought was cool. And um, it is relaxed and has a sturdy body. Cool. So that's my team. Uh, and their name is Fashion. So I got Tilda, Dawn, Agnes, Roxanne, Belle, and Fashion. Fashion. Um, <laughs> what up? Um, what's um, do you have any like favorites like what's going in the box on? right now? Yeah, I do. Do you want to bring uh, up? I'll pull up the box. Uh, looking in the box, we got King, my Pikachu, which I was given because I had Let's Go Pikachu. Yes, oh, there's an NPC that gives you that. King was the name of my po- Pikachu in that game. I uh, got a Krabby that I caught. That was a the one raid I did where you can fight a Dynamax Pokemon in the wild area with like uh-huh. a group of players. That was very fun. I have a Vulpix, which I do love. Got a few more. Uh, Gills, my weird baby dinosaur. Toxel. Might throw them back in one day. I had this stuffed bear Pokemon named Graham. Uh, oh, yeah. The the little pink one? Yeah. Uh, I love Stuffle. that thing. Yeah, me too. I got Graham. Uh, Zigzagoon. I got my the Galarian named, Zigzagoon. Yeah. I got a Yamper named Thomas, who's great. Uh, a couple Farfetch'd, because I might breed the perfect Sir fetched um applin the weird apple with a worm in it that becomes a dragon oh Uh, i have not seen that um okay then my my grookey whose name is gibbons who i love yeah that's a great Um, name for you grookey uh he will very well end up back on the team one day uh and then i have um this was on my team before i caught fashion i have my gastrodon eerie uh, they're like a weird sea slug, <laughs> but uh, I haven't actually. I've been trying to find like a good water type, but I replaced that need with Fashion, who's like a very good like defensive, healing, special attack centric Pokemon. Yeah, I don't um, think I have a whole lot of. Oh no, I do have a lot of water types actually. I'm just looking through my box. So that's my team. Thank yeah. you for listening. It's great. That's oh, a great team. Oh, and Bo the liar. Wait, let's talk about Bo the yeah, liar. Yeah, let's talk about Bo the liar real quick. <laughs> So Bo the Liar, where is he? Did I release him? No way. Where is Bo the Liar? Did you surprise <gasps> trade out, him? He's out on a Pokemon job. So I actually have more Pokemon that are out okay. on a job right now. Bo the Liar is a Squavit, the squirrel with stuff in its cheeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that evolves into Richard Karn from Home Improvement. Oh my God, a sock <laughs> is chasing me. A, a fully 
grown man is chasing me. I gotta just go save. Jesus Christ. There's been a lot of videos of it, but it is so fun. Because in this one, like in Let's Go Pikachu, which I'm so happy they kept this decision, Pokemon like run after you. Uh, and they pop up in the grass. Yeah, some and... of them will just come up to you and just like check you out. And then you have to like take the initiative to like take a step or two forward if you want to battle them, uh, which I love. Like they'll just like just the really cute ones will just like come right up to you and just kind of like bark at you or whatever if it's a yamper or yeah. something, which I love. Yeah, but the ones that are like oddly humanoid are like very like it's very horrific uh, to see them run after you. Yeah, like what's um, uh, what's the de-evolved form of uh, Hitmunch? Uh, oh, no, no, not that. Uh, Tyrogue, do you know Tyrogue? Yeah, it's the baby version of Hitmonchan, Hitmonlee, and Hitmon Top. Yes. Um, I love that Ty- when Tyrogue chases you, it is terrifying. It is like a very <laughs> scary animation. <laughs> yeah. So, both the I don't know where it came from. I was like, <laughs> Sometimes just follow an impulse when I'm nicknaming them where I don't think too much about it. And Bo the Liar was just like, just pops into your head. And my two friends uh, who I played with in person, Sadie and Eric, uh, Eric was like, they both hate Squavit. And they're like, Bo is the only one I like. Uh, and I was like, I'm committed to Bo. Like, I want to see what Bo becomes. And I looked up the evolution. And it is horrific. Yeah. It's like the bunny that becomes the weird, like, uh, dude at the bar who won't stop talking about the bears. You know, like, <laughs> becomes like a weird, like, dad yeah um, and what's funny is like when you shake a tree for berries if you sh- wait are you talking the more- about the rabbit that has the hands for ears yes that, that one i just bought is- one of those and i i named it amygdala after the horrific shit from bloodborne <laughs> <laughs> squavit becomes like a very a richard karn with a sinister smile yeah um and if you shake a tree too much he might pop out and then you have to fight them yeah uh, and Awful. if you do beat them they drop all the berries out of their mouth oh my god <laughs> Um, so let's talk about the wild area. Wait, can uh, I talk about my team? Oh my god, yes, of course, please. What the fuck, Steven? I'm sorry, how egocentric of me. Please, I want to hear all about him. Okay, so I'm still early game. I just beat the first gym, uh, so my team is still very basic, but I've, as I mentioned before, caught just a shitload of Pokemon, because I just, uh, yeah. I just, I just can't stop, really. Um, so starting off with my Grookey, um, who has evolved into, what is it, Thwacky? Thwacky. Thwacky is definitely the awkward teen years of Grookey. Wild design. Does not even look like a Pokemon. <laughs> Doesn't even look like a Digimon. Like, looks like a third party, like, Pokemon ripoff that you would get on the iPhone, like, four years ago. He looks ago. like an eraser with a face on it. Like a, like a, like a fancy eraser some kid in your, like, English class would have. Yeah. It, it looks like the mascot for the Olympics. Like, <laughs> it's really bizarre. <laughs> A store brand cereal mascot for like fruit O's. Yeah, I do love it. It's really fun. What sealed the deal was seeing them strut around my camp. Like this, the the wacky, like it was so funny. I I love this little guy. It's great. And Um, I will say the the final form of Grookey is is so cool. It's a really good. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't seen the final forms of um, the other two. I only know about uh, Inteleon. So I'm excited to see what uh, what Grookey finally evolves. I've grown fond of them all. I can see why some people are divisive on. on Inteleon and uh, Score Bunny's final form. Um, but like, I think they're all interesting, at least. I don't understand divisiveness on Inteleon. Inteleon is a perfect Pokemon. <laughs> I love it so much. I was I said this in the Discord, but he has oddly Lorenz-esque energy. Oh, yeah, Pokemon. absolutely. He yeah, does. he's yeah. like... Oh, big fan. Anyway, yeah, my anyway. Grookey is named uh, Levi, uh, short for Leviathan, because I just assumed he was going to turn into a big grass ape. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll see if that pays off immediately after starting the game. I caught one of the, the small Corviknight things 
Yeah, um, Rukidi. Um, the next phase is Corvus Squire, also very cool. Which is what I have now, and uh, his name is Barnabas, um, which yes. I love. I just I just needed I needed something like either Edgar Allan Poe adjacent or something Lovecraft adjacent. So I went with yeah. um, I went with the the main character, not even the main character, but one of the one of the characters from Edgar Allan Poe's um, least well reviewed short stories. <laughs> That opens with a character named Barnabas getting murdered immediately, and then the rest of it is a detective story, and there's no horror in it at all, and that's why nobody liked it. (laughs) Um, But I I named my Corviknight after the corpse from everyone's least favorite Edgar Allan Poe work. I have uh, have a a Vulpix uh, that I just got recently because the first first gym is grass, and I was like, I need need something uh, for this because I didn't really have anything that was going to work there. And uh, my Vulpix's name is Zuko. There is a place where you can evolve your Vulpix like almost immediately in the beginning of the game too, which I'm going to double back to now um, and evolve it into a Ninetales, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I think it's a, for the Pokemon where you can elect when they evolve. I always keep them until they've learned like a decent amount of moves, like a certain level. But, yeah. Uh, well, there's also the the dude that you can talk to that's like, oh, help me remember or help my Pokemon remember moves that it should have learned. So you can kind of like double up and like evolve it whenever you want and then also get the moves whenever you want. Uh, yeah, but that yeah. would be moves they've already unlocked. So you would have to have gotten them first before you can remember them. Oh, is that how that works? Okay. Well, yeah. So anyway, yeah. follow your heart. But it's it, there's a balance of when you should evolve Nine yeah. Tails. Um, I went to the wild area because I, I had a feeling that if I just went in there, I would find a Pikachu eventually. And I did. So I got a Pikachu and her name is Aurora after Storm from the X-Men. Um, yes. Which I love. Um, I got the uh, the like kind of sneaky fox. Oh yeah, the Pokemon. fox is cool. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Nicket, I believe. Yeah, so I have the yeah. evolved form of that, which uh, turns into a thievul, uh, and his name is uh, Toulour, which is the <laughs> the uh, French uh, guy who goes by the fox in Ocean's Twelve. Uh, he's That's like incredible, the rival. And then uh, I just. The reason why we were so late starting recording today was I found a far-fetched. I needed to catch it, and I caught one, and her name is Byleth. Um, that fucked me up. And that I, was so good. I love her forever. Um, but, I mean, every Pokemon I found is great. I love the Galarian Zigzagoon so much. Um, yeah, it's great. They're just punk rock, which is Everything tight. is kind of punk rock, which yeah. is incredible. So I caught uh, one. I named him Sid. Um which is great. That's good. I will never be more fucked up than the moment I saw, uh, what is this Pokemon called? Choodle? Oh, yeah. The baby of uh, Dreadnought. It is just a turtle with a gigantic bulbous head. So I... (laughs) It just—it looks so stupid. It is one of the dumbest looking. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. This is I not tweeted, me dunking on it. I love it so much. But I caught one and named it Carl Weezer. I uh, I tweeted Shootle for Smash and then deleted the tweet. Oh my exactly, god! Put that like, back up. What are you doing? <laughs> but they become Dreadnought, just so you know. Okay, uh, that's actually good to know. Yeah, yeah. There's so many good ones. Also worth noting that Farfetch'd. We've talked a lot about Surfetch'd, which is a sword exclusive. But Farfetch'd has a Galarian form where he is fighting type, very cool looking, and has a giant leak. Like yeah. he smacks you with his giant leak. It's so, it's so rad. I love it so um, much. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just blown away by how fucking cool this game is. Oh, I also have an Eevee, which I, I imagine we'll take out. So I got the Eevee because of the Let's Go connection. Uh, so I just got one and then named her Greta just like my Eevee from that game. Um, Greta and King. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, just fully, fully in on this game. Um, I've caught, I don't know, just looking at this right now, I think between like 30 and 40 Pokemon so far, wow. um, mainly because of the wild area, which uh, we should talk about now. Yeah. I, real quick, though, who are you going to evolve your Eevee into? 
who do you usually go with? Um, it usually depends on the need of my yeah, party. Yeah, for sure. I think like given full free range, I uh, have just always been a really big Jolteon fan. Me too. I'm a Jolteon fan. I like Sylveon a lot too, and Umbreon. Those are the three. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. really great. Um, and then um, I mean Vaporeon is also just so fucking cool. They're all cool. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. I need a water type that I really like right now. So maybe maybe Vaporeon's a move. Yeah, for some because you don't get Surf right away. I don't. I still don't have it on five gyms in so you can only fish and you usually get magikarp or like the lobster i'm like i don't want either of these interesting uh, i've had a completely different uh oh fishing experience i've caught a lot of water types well let's go into the wild area then so the wild area is essentially a pretty large portion of the map that you can return to at any time that has uh that's where you can connect to the internet and see other players running around if you talk to them they give you like leftover curry ingredient which is great they're like uh, these are kind of old but you know you can have them. yeah <laughs> I got like ramen and uh, like old sausages. Anyway, so you can also set up camp and visit other people's camp and see all your Pokemon walking around, which like is really great. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, so when I was playing, I was with uh, three of my close friends and if you're playing locally, you, you know, whenever you do something, like if you catch a Pokemon or you win a battle or whatever, like there's a little bit of an update on the lower left part of the screen. Yeah, it's almost like a social feed. Yes, you see what other people are doing when you're playing together. So cool. I'll see like, oh, Sadie caught a, a you know, far-fetched or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so we started like I checking in with each other without even having to see what they were working on, which is cool. Yeah. You can also like visit, like I was literally saw my friend Bobby on in the wild area and he visited my camp and our, both our thwackies were walking around and, uh, <laughs> you can play I played catch with a Corviknight and like what else do you want and, like that's where you can see like okay it's nothing like incredibly detailed but like this is where animating Pokemon this way for over a thousand would be unrealistic. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, where, where the Magic the Gathering connection came in was like having a limited roster to like keep balance in mind you know, to like have competitive battle more viable because they can actually think about a roster 400 more easily than a thousand for like a competitive sense. Um, but you know, not to get back into that, but that was where the connection was. So like you, I felt like right away when I camped, I'm like, okay, this is why they shortened the list for, for a variety of reasons. And um, cooking curry is great. And you also level up when you do that. So like, if you're yeah, not, which I was not expecting at all, it yeah. really incentivizes setting up camp in a way that you also, I, I just thought that I was going to ignore that button pretty much the whole game. And then I was like, yeah. let me give it a try at least once. And I loved it. Yeah. You also love up from doing jobs and catching so like you level up pretty quickly in this game and the experience share is on so like you get about two to three times the experience depending on what pokemon is like out and taking part in the battle so it's not sure. like it's not like that really heavy experience share where like every pokemon in your party is getting all the same amount of experience for every battle which i actually does i think that balances it out and makes it a little bit less of a like kind of like crutch in a way yeah and once you get everyone to like level 30 ish it starts to like you get less experience like it doesn't happen as quickly yeah um so yeah it's definitely not a game breaking thing it's just sort of a quality of life improvement but the wild area so you can see other players and there are just like water and fields of grass and every type of weather to explore and like random Pokemon will just appear and it changes like you know when I first went there like I saw nothing but like wind goals and Tyrogues and stuff and then I went a bit further and, and I saw different kinds of Pokemon but the most the most uh, noticeable thing is that there are Pokemon that are far outside your level that show up so yeah. like the first thing I saw was an Onyx that was like level 25 and all my guys were like level 10 mm -hmm. and it was like a very strong Onyx appeared and I just saw it in the grass and I was like oh my god 
God, like, well, I want to try to take this thing on because if I beat it, I'm going to get like a ton of experience. Yeah. It didn't let me catch it. And this is where the gym badges actually like matter because you can only catch a Pokemon up to a certain level in the wild area, which is a great balance thing. So you can't just like, you know, catch a level 30 Onyx and breeze through the first couple right. gyms. Like, but what it does is it makes the wild area actually feel like you're in the wild, like that there are Pokemon that you're going to run away from. I've had like, I've come to the wild area well stocked with healing items and Pokeballs and have to go back to town to replenish because I'm out. Me like, too. Yeah. I get like half my team wiped out and it feels like it has that feeling that a hardcore RPG like Dragon's Dogma has where it's like, if I venture far from town, I need to be prepared. I need to think about this. Yeah. And the sensation of seeing like uh, Pokemon from all different generations and, and all different levels and like not truly knowing what to expect. It's, it's a step into an open world. It's not like a fully fledged, like it's not going to like, change how you think of the game but it is a very big step towards like making the wilderness of pokemon feel like the wilderness yeah uh and and i think it's really effective i really like what they did with the wild area not to be too speculative or whatever but it does raise some questions for me just knowing how nintendo iterates on their own properties and i know this is the pokemon company and game freak and like technically not nintendo or whatever but like they're linked so whatever i do wonder if this is like a test bed for something else in the same way yeah. that like Link Between Worlds was the testbed for what became Breath of the Wild in terms of like in terms of like a, an open world kind of uh, choose your own path Zelda game. I wonder if I wonder if this is setting up for something bigger and closer to what I think a lot of people thought the first big console Pokemon game would be. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I do want to mention like the, the reason that I have played so much of this game and accomplished so little in terms of the story is because almost all of the hours that I've spent so far have been spent in the wild area. You texted me before I'd even started playing. And you're like, you're going to love it. I'm like, OK, well, we'll see when I get there and I love it it is it is just amazing it is like it's definitely smaller than I thought it was going to be um and and it's a little bit more sparse than I expected and like this that is as close as I will get to the shitty people online who are like dunking on this game um but just seeing all of the different kinds of Pokemon running around just being able to like talk to people set up my camp like seeing other people playing the game if you connect to the internet you can see other people running around the wild area too which is really really incredible almost has like a a Bloodborne Dark Soulsy kind of like you can see the ghosts of people running around and it feels like they made a Pokemon MMO in the middle of the map yes that's kind of you know and that's where I think it feels like a testing thing where yeah and it works I mean it opens up a bit more you eventually go like on the right side and there's like a canyon and like oh cool yeah I haven't even I haven't even seen that yet um but um, but to your point about the like extremely over leveled Pokemon it goes back to I don't remember what episode of our show this was but for one of the episodes I brought a, a ROM hack of Pokemon's uh, silver and gold that had come out that was called crystal clear um mm-hmm. in which they allowed you to choose between when you start that game you could choose between Johto or Kanto as your starting region and you could choose from like 30 different starter Pokemon um, and the whole game was unlocked and open right when you started so there weren't any trees in your way that you need to cut down there weren't any boulders you had to move out of your way and you strength on like you could just kind of like explore the whole map in both regions immediately but the whole world would scale to your level or like all the trainers and gyms would scale to whatever level you were at depending on how many trainers and gyms you had beat which was very cool what didn't scale were the Pokemon levels. They were set in certain regions uh, to be 
certain levels. And I just remember starting in Kanto because why would you not if given the option, you know, in, yeah. in, in a ROM hack of that game specifically, like, oh, let's start in the other region with like a Gen 1 starter and like do this whole game backwards was kind of my thought. Um, and I just remember going up uh, and, and making my way immediately to Viridian City and going left uh, to go through like the Elite Four connection path that, that leads you back to Johto. And I came out on the Johto end and the first thing that happened was I found a level 40 Scyther and I was still like level six or seven. Like I just had my Squirtle and it was like level six or seven. And I just remember how how terrifying that felt and how it was yeah. like, not only was it terrifying, but it was like, of course that is what would actually happen if you lived in this world. Like this is exactly how it would work out. And right. the fact that that experience from this ROM hack that I played like over a year ago at this point is now in like a mainline Pokemon game where it's like, sometimes Pokemon can be fucking scary. Even just during the break that you and I took, I found a Pangoro in the wild area. Just full disclosure, Steve and I were just playing Pokemon during the break before. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I found a Pangoro that was level 40 and like I could not take it on and I almost lost my whole team and uh, thankfully uh, Tulur was able to beat him. Thank you uh, to my a... wonderful Wily Fox. But anyway, it was horrific. It was like a horrific yeah. thing. It was like, oh my god, I walked into this thing thinking like, oh, I've played all these games just like pure overconfidence um, like Gary uh, and and almost had the, the, the floor wiped with my fucking face, you know? And like just the image of like me actually running away from three like men and geese basically chasing me to like as I try to get to town to heal up because like I only have one half dead Pokemon left because I'm out of items. Yes. Like that's a great experience. If It goes back to like us feeling the scale of the gyms. Like it's like, oh, this is a big event. This is separate from like me fighting a toddler on the route one. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. You still do that. But like the gyms feel like, oh, this is a big event. This feels exciting. I'm in like anytime the crowd starts cheering, I literally start tapping my foot. Like I get so into it. Yeah. It rules. Which is not a surprise, but like it's effective. And the same with the wild area. It feels like the scale is set where it's like, I don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. This patch of grass is fine. It has level 20 panchans, but I can see a Gyarados swimming in the lake. And like, I don't want to get anywhere near that. Yeah. I've, um, I've seen some weirdly terrifying stuff. So like uh, for some reason, uh, the first time I was in the wild area, it was just downpour, but also lightning. Um, so there was just like lightning everywhere. It was like electrically charged, uh, ground that was like, I think, I think an amalgamation of like lightning striking, like an extremely damp surface, uh, yeah. because it was raining so hard. So like most of the Pokemon that were out were water types, which is, I think maybe why I'm not having the same water type problem that you're having. Right. Um, right. There, there are water types everywhere, but it all stopped at this one area in the wild area like it was raining and electric everywhere except for one area where it was perfectly crystal clear and I, I walked out of the rain and into this clear area and it was all ghost types that were level like 30 something yeah and it started hailing for me but I know that ghost zone yeah, for sure. yeah. it was and I just I just got obliterated and it was like thrilling it's just like <laughs> such a weird unexpected thing I was like oh wow there's all ghost types here I would love a ghost type and I went and fought one and it was level 30 and I was like nope run and I ran away and then a Drifloon showed up and I was like that's my favorite Pokemon gonna catch one also level 30 very weird just covered in ghost types that are much higher level than me or at and the time at least. the wild area feels like it's like in an older Pokemon game this would have been like the end game content like you would have gone through the story and then found the wild area yeah. the fact that it's like the first place you go to after your hometown it sets again it's like it's like a the sort of hero's journey formula like you leave town and then you see like that you're nothing yet like you saw such a hill to climb yeah. uh, even with just like the random creatures that are on the way to the town and what what is really nice is that even though like you're very much on the rails in the story where like team yell will stand in the way of where you have to go next until you do something else you can always go back to the wild area and like 
that can be as long or as short as you want it to be. Yeah. Um, Which is what I did immediately after fighting the first gym. They were like, well, you can move on to the next one or you can go back to the wild area. And I was like, I would love to spend another three hours in the wild area. Thank you very much. Yeah. And it's worth doing that. And it it breaks up the game nicely. And like, I mean, I'm in a really interesting because I just uh, battled the fairy gym. And that town is like in this weird glowing mushroom fantasy area. And like all the Pokemon you can catch there are like really interesting. That's where I got the hat one. And also there's one called Impidimp, which I had had to text you about that looks like a dragon quest monster right like it looks like a it's awesome probably the influence um but yeah it's it's just a great time and the wild area i think is is the if there wasn't the wild area i would say this was a more reeled in game than sun and moon but the wild area is so ambitious in so many ways and like that really does feel like the first step towards what a breath of the wild pokemon game would look like yeah um so and i think i think it's fair of them to take that baby step because like truth be told if you look at the full series like they were stagnant i would say between ruby and black and white too like every game i love all those games but every game from ruby to diamond and pearl to black and white to black and white 2 was like nothing truly different like there's some quality of life improvements and like you know some cool additions to the pokemon but like that was very much where the series felt like okay how much longer can we do this yeah um i remember diamond pearl's big thing like the the big thing about it was that it had some 3d models for buildings that you would walk into and they split the special stat from uh, no actually they did that in silver they didn't split the special stat but before diamond and pearl types of moves were either entirely physical or special so that was the game that made every move physical or special independent of the type yeah which like to most people playing it will not notice that yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's a very specific thing to do for the competitive scene but like you know it was not like it felt like it was getting old um yeah so x and y since x and y i think they've done a really nice job of like always building on top of that and this feels like i think sun and moon did more to break the formula of the a plot but this game has done more to like really they they reeled it back in in terms of the formula but they they really focused on like how can we make the gym battle experience actually feel like a special thing Mm -hmm. how can we make the wilderness feel like the wilderness how can we make each of these towns and settings feel alive like i'm always excited to see what the new town is going to look like yeah um it's it's fantastic yeah i i really can't say enough about how much i am enjoying this game so far i'm still again pretty early days in terms of the actual story even though i put a lot of time into the actual game itself already yeah um which as you mentioned in the beginning like very classic steven and brendan move somehow um <laughs> but yeah. yeah i mean there are so many things left unmentioned like uh being able to change your clothes and and just like how wonderful all of those options are you can change your haircut uh which is also great um also worth noting makeup changes your eye color so like i, I just chose makeup to be like oh this will be fun but you can change your eyebrows and eye color which like, i didn't assume was makeup but okay <laughs> yeah okay uh, interesting yeah so if you want if you're like why can't i have like the same color eyes that i do you can change that okay the boutique but yeah there's so many customization options there um the fact that like uh there's still things that we haven't experienced we haven't played all of it so which is probably why we're going to revisit it once we have experienced like the end of the story and the elite four and stuff yeah yeah it's it's just the best also not to mention uh some cool online stuff where like there is i haven't done it yet but i looked at it uh in in the versus mode in the main menu you can play people online either in like casual 
individual matches or ranked kind of like smash brothers oh cool um and like i'm really looking forward to doing that and just seeing like how that works and and not like going super competitive but i definitely want to put my team to the test and see like what people are doing yeah know? yeah that's i definitely awesome. want to i think we should battle or at least go camping and maybe stream it that'd be fun <laughs> we should yeah yeah let me know um yeah they also included like the wonder trade i think it's called surprise trade now um yeah it works a little bit differently it's it's kind of a strange thing now but like it's just cool that exists so i'll probably just like keep trading some of the sword exclusives and see if i can get a shield exclusive out of it or something yeah um or i'll I just get a whole bunch of fucking squirrels the music in this game is like half amazing and then half like alarming yeah. <laughs> like it's like like the the theme for marnie and team skull and b like rules and then every now and then a town's theme will be like, bah, 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 bah. like oh my god i need to lower this <laughs> uh but overall like one of the better soundtracks in a while um, yeah. But there are songs I'm like this song They're taking some big swings. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a very courageous soundtrack that like anytime it sounds like a music a parade would play I'm like this is a lot. I yeah. don't need like <laughs> like FF7 Shinra parade music. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's it for now. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I I'm planning on finishing this game this coming week at least, and then putting more time into Death Stranding so we can talk about that. But uh, yeah, Sword and Shield. Honestly, uh, I mean, I I I'm having the best time. I'm liking it. I expected to really like it, and I'm enjoying it. I think even more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Um, I've followed this series as every game has come out, and like I've always been a big proponent because a lot of people stopped at Red and Blue and they're like oh well they're not as good anymore i'm like you're missing out like they're all good and yes. i think this is actually a really good one to return to i think returning to sun and moon or x and y might be a little bit overwhelming but this game does a lot to like set you up to succeed and like tell you like what goes into things um yeah it actually it might be worth mentioning just at least in this conversation about it there's all that stuff early on um with like just I, I think a thing that people uh, both rightfully and kind of in a bummer way uh, dunk on, which is like the handholdy like tutorialization of the opening. Um, yeah. I, I think nowhere has that been worse than Sun and Moon, where like the whole first I think three hours oh, of that game yeah. are just cutscene, 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 tutorial, tutorial. They will yeah. actually ask you a lot in in this game's opening hours. Like, do you know this already? And if you say yes, it's like cool. Then we won't go over it. Um, yeah, yeah. They they keep asking you that, which I, I think is really wonderful. Um, but there was even a point early on for me where I was like, okay. Okay, I, like I get it. Please, like let me walk five feet before. Yeah, you I had to like really thing. just mash A to get through hops, like monologues. Yeah, like, it's hop, dude. Like let me buy a pokeball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, because I was so excited to play, I'm like hop, like chill. I want to play. It really is like almost immediately after um, the opening ceremony where it just like kind of totally opens up for you, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of do whatever you want. Like Hop Hop will be like right along with you until you get to the, the opening ceremony. And then after that, he's like, all right, deuces, man, I'm going to go do all the gyms and then just splits. And like I loved like even after the first gym, I was walking outside from the first gym just having beaten it. I was like, OK, here comes the Hop cutscene. He just wasn't there. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, all right, man. I guess you're just like on your own way now. Hell yeah. The fact that he loses to beat off screen too. It was such a powerful move. Yeah. Like, cause you know, like, you know, he's not going to beat Bead. Bead is like one of the first people you fight that like gives any kind of challenge. Mm -hmm. um, all psychic types, like at a, at a point in the game where there's no type. way you can combat that <laughs> with a type yeah. advantage. Like you really yeah. have to brute force that battle, which is fun. Yeah. He has that. I had just come off of three and a half hours shock. in the wild area. So I didn't really have too much of a problem with it, but I was like, I, I still don't have any good type matchup here. I still beat him. Like I, I haven't like blacked out yet where like you lose all your Pokemon and half your money and you wake up at the Poke Center. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet, but I have had battles where I've lost like three or four. Yeah. Which like I have not experienced since like the older games. Right. This is definitely like an appropriate level of challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Because, like, uh, yes, it's for a general audience, but, like, we played these games when we were a kid, and, like, they were much harder back in the day. Yeah. But kind of in an esoteric way, this feels like a purposeful level of appropriate challenge. We're like, you're going to feel like you're usually winning, but you have to think about what you're doing. Yeah. And I expect the latter part of the game to kind of bump up a bit, because, like, I would say the fairy gym was the first one where I was, okay, like, I actually... I'm like on the edge of losing yeah. this fight. So Well, just see what I'm doing. Just spend all your time in the wild area. Set up camp. <laughs> fight a big onyx. It's going to be great. Big onyx. big onyx. Okay. You want to wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we, we've we been looking forward to talking about this game for what feels like the whole year. So uh, I hope you enjoyed listening as well. Um, if you like the show, sharing it with a friend is a great way to help it grow, as well as reviewing it on Apple Podcasts out of five stars. You don't have to write a review. You can just rate it uh, with whatever you see fit. That helps the show quite a bit, as you have been told. Um, <laughs> if you really like the show, you can go to patreon.com slash into the cast and be a patron. Uh, there are some bonuses you get a shout out which we'll be doing shortly for the one dollar perk for the three dollar perk you get uh, all our episode art as a high quality uh image file is it a png uh the the high quality episode art is are jpegs and then the mobile wallpaper versions of them are pngs gotcha gotcha so yeah there are wallpaper variants as well um and for five dollars or more you get our monthly newsletter uh worth noting next month is going to be the public quarterly issue so everyone will see that um also uh supporting the patreon at all helps us do bonus episodes which we release to everyone so you're helping us make more essentially we are what Um, two deep so far first one was fire emblem three houses where we talked about it for i I don't know eight or nine hours uh and then and then was uh bloodborne last month this month is going to be stardew valley and steven and i i think are like finishing up what would maybe count as pre-production for uh our december one as well which is going to be i think potentially a monolith of an episode and i'm really excited yeah i think it's worth knowing that the like a normal like, so i would say on average our normal episodes are like 90 minutes we have some that like are as short as 40 some that have been like two hours yeah but like overall they tend to be an hour hour and a half uh, with the exception of our game of the year and e3 episodes which are like short operas um <laughs> yep fire emblem was an opera uh and bloodborne was like i think two hours so like yeah expect a similar variation it really depends on the game it depends on our schedules and how much we have to say about it i think Sir Valley will probably be like an hour and a half or two hours yeah uh, it will yeah be i a could shorter see being one. a shorter one especially on my uh, end at least yeah so with without further ado i'm gonna give our patrons a shout out thank you very much to akira alex andrew bead benjamin d benjamin w bolt brett Catherine. Chris, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, No Name, Philip, Scout, and Spencer. You're all the best. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Thank you, everyone. Um, we also have a Twitter account at Into the Cast. We have a Twitch, which we're trying to stream more. If with this streaming, we basically do it whenever we can. We're kind of infrequent with it. Some weeks, I feel like we do it almost every day, and sometimes we don't do it at all. Um, yeah, it kind of depends isn't... on where our lives are at. Yeah, I know everyone's in very different time zones based on the listeners we've engaged with in Discord, so I don't think there's probably like a best time to stream. But in the efforts of making a more consistent schedule, like please let us know like what you would like to see and like when works for you. Uh, I would love more feedback in that area. Because like, truth be told, I'm pretty new to it, and like it really just depends on... Um, like what's going on yeah uh, right and i think that, oh we also have an email address at into the aether podcast at gmail.com um yes if you ever have anything to ask us or tell us or whatever you want to share with us 
you can email us, you can DM us, uh, whatever whatever works for you. Yeah, totally. Oh, and if you want to join the Discord, it's bit.ly slash TWG Discord also. Yes, Discord's great. We got a lot of a lot of really great folks there. Yeah. Very nice. We very started a Pokemon thoughtful. channel. Yeah, we did. In there. And I'm not chill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk to me, I'm usually in the Fire Emblem or Pokemon channels just being like, did you know that uh, this? And everyone's like, all right, please, please chill. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a great time. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Hey, my uh, name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Uh, tell us who's in in the Pokemon Discord. I'd love to see who's using what kind of team. Yes. Let us know how you're enjoying it. And yeah, thank you so much. This is a really fun one to make. I hope you enjoyed it. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Garbage dot online.